0: Well, happy Monday, friends. Welcome to June 13th and today's episode of Enough for Today and to a new week and thank the Lord that we can gather again via this technology and thank you for giving me a few minutes to speak into your day and into your heart and to try to implant the truth uh, of the Word of God and the, a clear vision of who He really is. And that's what we're gathering in Psalm 50. Psalm 50 is a correctional psalm but also gentle in its um, manifestation of that correction. So the first six verses begin with God being introduced as um, an upright, righteous, authoritative judge who is uh, a devouring fire, which sounds horrible until you realize, wait a minute, I'm relating to him on the basis of his mercy, grace, I'm redeemed, uh, there's no fire that's going to devour me. That's what we've been rescued from. We're not appointed unto wrath. Okay. Um, so what's this fire devour? It devours in the proving judgment of the judgment seat of Jesus. It devours my uh, my works that were not done in faith and that were not do- excuse me were not done out of pure motives. So wood, hay, stubble, gold, silver, precious stones. So God is gathering his people. says, I want you to worship me differently than you are. Verse 7, hear, O oh, my people, and I will speak. So God, as this authoritative, worthy judge and loving father, says, I want to speak to you. Now, notice the gentleness there. Uh, I will testify against thee. So he's going to correct. There's reproof and correction here. I am God, even thy God. So there's assurance. <laughs> there's confidence. You're not losing me and I'm not threatening to cut you off. My favor, my, my acceptance, my grace, my mercy still rests upon you. Then in verse 8 and 9 and 10 and forward, he says, I'm not going to correct you for what you're doing because you're doing the sacrificial system. This is ancient Israel. You're going about this the right way in terms of you're bringing sacrifices continually. Now in verse 9, he says, I don't need more animals. I will take no bullock out of the house or goats out of their folds. I don't need to just take, by the way, there's a, there's a, there's a sense here in which he's saying, I don't need more of what you need. Okay. I don't need you to go without there. There's a quality to this, that these bullocks and these goats, they needed for their livelihood. Okay. And and my point is he asked for a portion. Yes. But the rest, he said, live off of it. It's my blessing. It's my provision. Okay. So, um, He doesn't need me to go without, to go hungry for his sake. He he, he says a little further in this passage, am I hungry? Do you think I I need you to feed me? Okay. Um, All the beasts, all the cattle, they're all mine already. Okay. Um, I know them all. Verse 12, if I were hungry, I wouldn't tell you. Verse 13, will I eat the flesh of bulls and drink the blood of goats? You think I'm just, you're going to you're gonna feed me. They've reversed this thing that they've got to feed God in order to keep him happy, which is why I'm going back down this road is this is what we tend to do in our own psyche with our own good works. I'm feeding God good works, so he'll feed me. I'm feeding God my offering, so he'll feed me. And that's such a backward sense of it. And God's gonna, God's really adjusting, gently correcting and reproving this mentality. Um, So he says in verse 14 what he really wants. He wants us, he wants his people to offer unto him, unto God, thanksgiving. Now we unfolded that on Friday. He wants our offerings to be the product of wonder and awe and delight. He wants us to give out of the, the, the abundance that he's already provided. He wants us to give back to say thank you. The story that comes to mind so often in my mind in this regard of how we give to God. We don't give to get. We don't give so that he will give. We give from what he's already given, okay? We give because he's given. We we give because he will continue to give. We give because he will never stop giving to me, okay? So we give out of the excess. We give out of the margin. We give out of his goodness. The only reason we're able to give to him at all is because of his goodness. And he doesn't need us to give or to worship. And I'm talking about giving in terms of whatever we give to him, whether we give him our offerings and tithes, whether we give him sacrifices of service or, or honor, whether we give to him in some other way. Um, and, and he wants all of that, by the way. It, it's not one or the other. It's, it's all of the above. He wants our whole selves. He wants us to give ourselves to him. And, and yet we, we, there's nothing that we can give God that he hasn't first given to us. Um, and so we we simply give back a portion of what he's given. Now, the story that comes to mind is when Larry was little, we t- we, we, there was a day I took Lance and Larry, or maybe just Larry by himself, I can't remember, to McDonald's. And this day, I just wanted to show extravagance. I just wanted to show the generous heart of Larry's dad because I wanted him to have a sense that his heavenly father is that generous. So <laughs> now you're going to laugh at this my destination with Larry was McDonald's. Now remember, he's about five, okay? And I walked in, I said, now Larry, you can get anything you want and you can get as much of it as you want. So like go for broke, just get whatever you want and as much of it as you want. So he orders a probably a Happy Meal. Uh, And I said, you know, let's, I said, do you want to upsize that, Larry? And he's like, well, no, that's enough. And I go, no, no, you know what? just upside. I just told the lady, just upsize it. Just give him large everything, large drink, large fries. And I said, Do you want anything else? No, that's good. I said, do you, well. what about apple pie? Do you love the apple pies? He's yeah, I like apple pies. I said, okay, well uh, give the boy an apple pie. I said, what about milkshakes? Do you like milkshakes? Larry? Oh yeah, I like milkshakes. I said, You want a milkshake? Well, okay. And he started to get in the, in the swing of things. And Uh, So we ordered, you know, a large milkshake. What about ice cream, Larry? You know, I mean, we just, we just piled on. Okay. Now it was him and me. This was, you know, 20 years ago. So don't get too worried. I mean, the total bill came to probably around $20 uh, for both of us, but we just went, we just went all out. We just went extravagant and um, we sit down. Now, I, I don't think I got fries or maybe they said that they would bring my fries out. I think that's what it was, that we were waiting on my fries. Larry had his large fries and his meal and he got it all set up there. We prayed and he began to eat and I reached over and grabbed a couple of his fries. And immediately he, gra- he hovers over his food. He's like, hey, pushes my arm away. He says, hey, those are mine. And he pulls his tray over close to him. And he's going to get all protectionistic, and I said, Larry, stop and think about what you're doing. I said, I just bought you all those fries and gave them to you, and I told you you could have as much as you wanted. And I reached over from Cratchit, and he's like, Hey, those are mine, you know. And I said, Larry, look at me. I said, I'm your dad. I can get you all the fries you ever need. I said, I can afford more fries. If we run out of fries, we'll go get you fries. I said, I am the Lord of the fries. And I said, so don't worry. Share with me what I want, and I'll give you plenty of fries. I'll give you more fries than you can ever eat. Then he calmed down and realized he was being foolish, and we shared our fries until mine came. And you know what? He went out of McDonald's completely happy, completely full, didn't want any more. Didn't need any more. In fact, if I'd bought, bought him more, he wouldn't have been able to handle it. Um, and and hopefully, he learned, and maybe more me than he uh, learned a lesson that day, that I can only give to God what He's already given to me, and I can never give Him. He doesn't need. So I can never. Um, I can never give Him so much that he, that that I would go without or that He would not provide. And and there comes a moment where He says enough. Because what I'm really after is not your performance. I'm after your heart. I'm after your spirit, the authentic expression of gratitude, thanksgiving. And real genuine, now you can give thanks without really meaning it, but what we're talking about here is a kind of thanksgiving that wells up naturally and organically because you are so overcome with the generosity and the beauty and the wonder of who God is and what he's done for you. What Jesus has done for you has welled up so much in your life that all of your giving, all of your serving, all of your loving return, return love is simply responsive, and and you're worshiping out of a heart of thanksgiving. And this is what they lost. They lost the sense. They were going through the motions. They were doing the sacrifices. They just thought God wanted more, and they're starting at some point to begrudge. The, his need for more because they need these goats and bullocks to live. And and, and at some point God says, stop, you, you're giving enough because now you're cutting into what you need and what I've given you to live off of. So, so give from thanksgiving. And in that vein, you're going to want to pay vows unto the most. You're going to want to. It's organic. You're not going to feel obligated. You're going to love to make promises to me and fulfill them because you love me it's going to be delightful it's going to be cheerful my friend when when we read a directive or 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 an in, when we read a description in scripture like god loves a cheerful giver what does that even mean it doesn't mean he doesn't love non-cheerful givers cuz i know a lot of believers that don't give cheerfully and god still loves them it doesn't mean he only loves cheerful givers because god loves people that don't ever give him anything okay it, it, there's a sense in that 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 simply means he takes a special pleasure and delight. Uh, He loves, he anticipates, he cherishes cheerful giving. Okay. Um, And so it's not an exclusion of, you know, it's not like he only loves people who give cheerfully because that would exclude a lot of us, including, including me (laughs) in a former lifetime where I used to give out of obligation. Okay. So how do we give cheerfully? How do we decide to give cheerfully? You, you can't. You can't force cheer. You can't force gratitude. It's not contrived. In God's economy and description of these things, we're talking about an uncontrived kind of cheer, an uncoerced kind of gratitude. And the only way for that to happen is for you to be so overcome by the attraction of the love you've received. So um, so overwhelmed by the reality of the love you live in and the provision you have received and do and will receive that you're thankful. You just grow up thankfulness. You grow up cheer and you want to give. You want to be thankful. Your worship becomes organically authentic and you want to vow and you want to honor God through your vows and through your obedience and through your surrender and it gets even better. now. I'm over time and I just caught up to where we left off Friday, but this is so wonderful, okay? So let me just lay the foundation for where this goes next because God kicks it up a notch in verse 15. And call upon me in the day of trouble and I will deliver thee and thou shalt glorify me. Now, a performance-based mentality, a works-based thinker thinks of it this way. If I give God thanksgiving, okay, a works-based Israelite, or a 21st century works-based Christian would think, okay, so God doesn't just want sacrifices; He wants thanks. Okay, so p- put that on my list. Give thanks. So, so now I'm going to give my sacrifice, and I'm going to thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Is that enough? Did <laughs> you get it? Did you get the thanks? And we're going to mechanize thanks. Okay, and now because I'm giving thanks, and oh, I got to pay vows too. Got to make vows. Uh, I promise this. I promise that. And I'm going to pay my vows. And we're we're obligating God to be good to us because we're doing, we're jumping through all his hoops. And now what's the result? Now I get a, I get, I get a, I get a, a magic pass. I get a magic token that I can now call upon God when I'm in trouble and he'll deliver me. So because I've been feeding the token machine um, offerings and now thanks and now vows Now I've got a get out of jail free card. When I get in trouble, I can say, God, I did all those things you told me to do and you told me to call on you and you're going to deliver me. And that is a wrong theology, okay? You're not buying a ticket out of trouble by giving God sincere worship and thanks and paying your vows. That's not what you're doing. So, but I'm out of time. And so if you wanna know what you're really doing, in this. And verse 15, just keep it along the thread of unconditionality. God's care and love for you is unconditional. And you're going to be able to assimilate verse 15 into the whole narrative flow. We'll pick it up tomorrow. Happy Monday. We'll see you tomorrow.